the undraftedfreeagent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Dort. Oh, my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis. He's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three. And there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew. You don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich. They can't stop him. Moncrief! Sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh! Welcome, UndraftedFreeAgent.com mid-major podcast. The first episode of the year 2022. I'm your host, Chris McKee. Back after... A little bit of a hiatus, so I want to chat, as usual, the Gonzaga Bulldogs, who are back as the number one team in the country, also have a second mid-major in the AP Top 25, Loyola Chicago, cracked the Top 25, number 22 this week, going to chat a little bit about both those teams, have some comments as well from Drew Valentine, the Loyola Chicago head coach. We're going to talk about some of the other mid-majors to watch right now. There's some really good teams out there. So just going to touch on a couple of the teams I've watched You know, over the past week. I'm going at about, I don't know, easily about 75 games I've seen and uh, really picking up my viewing, especially the mid-majors. So there's a couple teams that are starting to separate from the pack. We'll touch a little bit about them. And then, of course, our mid-major under-the-radar player watch. you got a couple players that I've seen over the past few weeks that have just completely blown me away. So we'll touch a little bit about that. So, of course, don't forget, check out undraftedfreeagent.com. After a little bit of a hiatus, I got hired by a major media company here in Canada. And they're paying me pretty well to write about other sports across the country. So I had to kind of put this aside for just a moment, but back at it kind of full-time and and going full blast. So Gonzaga back as the number one team in the AP Top 25. The Zags currently 14 and 2. There are only two losses right now to Duke back on November 26. And to me, Duke is the Final Four team. You're going to see both Gonzaga and Duke in the Final Four, depending on obviously how the brackets shape up. But I believe both those teams are, uh, you know, Final Four teams at worst, Elite Eight teams. And then, of course, Gonzaga also lost to Alabama back on December 4. So Auburn, the number two team in the country, I saw this was pretty funny. So there's one sports writer out there. I guess there's 60 guys who vote on the AP Top 25 each week, and that's how they decide the rankings. But 59 of the 60 voters had Auburn in the top four. And this one guy, forget his name, and I also don't want to put him on blast either, but uh, I saw Matt Norlander and, and a couple of the guys, Gary Parrish, I think making fun of him on Twitter, that if he had just put Auburn inside the top four, like 59 of the other 60 voters, Auburn would have been ranked number one for the first time in program history. So I think that's pretty funny that this eggs kind of, this one guy kind of holding out for him. I don't think he knew what he was doing when he did it, but either way, Gonzaga 14 and 2. They've got key wins so far this year over Texas, UCLA, which is a big one because UCLA, another team that's certainly going to be in the conversation for the Final Four. And the Zags also beat Texas Tech. They've had four games postponed or canceled so far this year. They had a stretch kind of like a week in a row, a bunch canceled in a row. But uh, I don't think either of those games would have swayed the balance of power. I know one of the games they had canceled was against Washington, which I think. You know, the Zags probably would have ran over them comfortably. But um, they have next up San Francisco, 
who are 15-3. and three. They're playing them Thursday night. So as far as teams in the West Coast Conference that could get them, I think it stops at San Francisco. Maybe Santa Clara. You know, they got some guys. I always show up to my Canadians. Santa Clara's got, I think, what, five Canadians maybe? Uh, Yasef Brancic, a bunch of other guys. Betty Yaku, some really good players. But um, I, I just, you know, the West Coast Conference, down again. I've watched BYU quite a bit this year. I St. Mary's. Both those teams, horribly, painfully boring. They just, they have no it. I mean, it's just, it's like watching the movie Hoosiers. Just very stoic white guys um, that are above average basketball players. No real skill, no talent, no flair, no style. I think the West Coast Conference is even, you know, less of a conference this year than what it was last year when the Zags ran over everyone. And I think much of the same this year. But there's anyone that's going to get them. San Francisco, maybe this week. Now the game, I believe it's in Spokane. And then they got to go to San Francisco later in the year. So maybe that. Other than that, I mean, expect the Zags to just comfortably cruise through these, uh, cruise through the rest of the West Coast Conference. Excuse me. So I really like this version of Gonzaga compared to last year's team. You know, you lose Jalen Suggs and Joel Ayayi and Corey Kispert to the NBA. But... I mean, the introduction of Chet Holmgren. Chet's got, what, 13.1 points per game right now. And he's a 7-1 seven, seven guy that can really shoot the three. He's creative. He's crafty. Plays with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I mean, I'd like to see Chet put on a few pounds. He's still very thin and frail. I wonder how that's going to affect him at the NBA level. He's got to put some meat on him. But, man, this guy can play. He's a really nice player. I mean, number one recruit in the country. For those that aren't familiar, McDonald's All-American. I mean, he's a surefire lottery pick. Really nice player. And the tandem of him and Drew Timmy. Drew leading the Zags right now with 18.6 points per game. And, you know, I called it before the start of the season. I thought he should have been the player of the year last year. I think certainly uh, he's in the mix for player of the year this year. Not just in the West Coast Conference, but in all of college basketball. So, I'm big, uh, big Drew Timmy guy, and he's just been so dominant this year. The tandem of him and Andrew Nemhart. I mean, the way Nemhart and Timmy are connecting now, two years in the same offense together, it really is just beautiful basketball to watch. Um, and you know, I've, I've you know go back and watch some of my previous clips on YouTube and some of the first episodes of this podcast last year, 36 episodes, if you want to go back and watch them. But, you know, I've been saying Andrew Nemhart is an NBA player, covered him at the U18 uh, FIBA Americas here in Canada. They were playing down in St. Catharines, which is just outside of Niagara Falls, a couple of years ago. Got to, you know, see Andrew up close, and I believe that. I'm like, wow, this guy's an NBA player, hands down. And this is when he just committed to Florida. Uh, I also watched Andrew play with the Canadian men's senior national team. And I, I've said it a dozen times, you know, Corey Joseph, who's in the NBA, I think Corey's with, what, Sacramento? I thought the offense moved better when Andrew came in, and this is like three years ago. So never mind the player he is right now. I just love his ball distribution. The chemistry him and Drew Timmy have, it's really just delicious basketball. It, it's, it's a thing of beauty to watch. And so uh, the Zag's certainly going to be in the mix. Can they win it all? Yeah, I, I believe they can um, there's probably maybe two or three other teams in the mix from what I've seen so far this year. Um, certainly a couple hundred games deep watching both major conference and, of course, the mid-majors. But uh, Gonzaga certainly going to be in the conversation come March. Uh, I, I think this is probably the year that Mark Few finally does get his national championship. So the other mid-major team 
that is ranked in this week's AP Top 25. Number 22, Loyola Chicago. The Ramblers, 13-2. So their only losses right now to Michigan State and as well as Auburn mentioned, could be the number one team in the country, if not for one voter. So some pretty quality losses. I did watch uh, quite a bit of that Michigan State game, close game. I think it was like a two or three point game. Um, so the Ramblers, we all wondered how would they look with Porter Moser gone to Oklahoma, as well as Cameron Krutwig now playing professionally in Europe. And the answer is they look pretty damn good. Now, I still believe come tournament time, the loss of Krutwig is going to be a hindrance for them. Um, you know, he just bailed them out of, of so many situations. When all else fails, the three-point shot wasn't working. Well, let's just feed the big ox down in the middle and let him dominate. They don't have that option anymore. They do have some guys, you know, that are playing well. It's more, they're more winning by the three right now. Lucas Williamson, um, this is a guy that's going to have a shot at playing in the NBA. Uh, they're playing some excellent basketball. They have some quality wins right now uh, over Arizona State, who's, I mean, whatever. It's a, it's a major conference program, but a bang average major conference team. Vanderbilt, they beat. They beat San Francisco, who I just mentioned, 15-3. and three, Pretty good team as well. But uh, I, I think this is a team that they're going to have some losses coming up in the Missouri Valley. I think Drake's going to get them. they got a couple back-to-backs back with Drake coming up. Uh, a home and home, and I think Drake will get them in one of those games. Uh, tonight, Loyola Chicago plays Evansville, who is the last place team in the Missouri Valley Conference. Uh, not, a, not a very good team, but um, was able to sit on the MVC coaches call yesterday and drew Valentine on, and he talked about just how the experience has been really key for him, and it's really been the difference this year of what's made them an elite team. Have a listen to Drew Valentine's comments yesterday. I think 100%. Um... You know, these guys, they know what it takes to win. Uh, they've won at a high level before. And uh, um, I think 100% their their experience gives them the confidence and the belief and trust that they can do it. You know, it's one thing if a coach is in a, in a huddle is is telling you, but, you know, you've never done it before. Like you said, these guys have, um, you know, going Lucas, going all the way back to, like Harry said, the final four year. Um, that was kind of a trend that year as well, getting behind early in some games. But but never, you know, losing trust, confidence, and belief that, that you can come back and win. And so uh, the, I think our experience has definitely helped us. But, you know, we can't rely on just the experience. We have to, you know, come prepared and ready to play. And um, this league is so tough. It's so well coached. There's high-level players. And so we got to understand um, how good other teams are. And then we got to also understand the target on our back a little bit better. So there's Drew Valentine, Loyola Chicago head coach at yesterday's MVC coaches call. I had the chance to sit on that. I really like listening to Drew talk as far as all the co coaches in that conference. He's got the it, a little bit more style and flair than the rest of the guys, but definitely some, uh, some excellent basketball coaches there. So the Ramblers won five in a row. And mentioned tonight, make it six after they should run over Evansville pretty comfortably. But um, keep in mind, Loyola Chicago through last year in the Missouri Valley. They're going to the A-10 next year. So, I mean, you could say it's kind of a sideways move. In years past, the A-10 has been considered perhaps the premier mid-major conference. Uh, certainly not over the past two or three years. I think maybe when Obi Toppin was at Dayton, you could argue that they were the best mid-major conference, but certainly not this year. But uh, either way, I mean, Loyola Chicago's gone. And then the MVC's bringing in a bunch of other teams. Murray State, we'll get into that a little bit later in the pod. So, Watch out. A uh, couple key matchups coming up with Drake. What's the date? January 30th, they play Drake. And I have watched the Drake Bulldogs a couple times this year. 
not quite as good as they are last year. And it's funny because they have pretty much the entire same team back. Something just not quite there. I don't know whether it's because of Darian DeVries, the head coach, is trying to work in his son Tucker, who's a four-star recruit. His son Tucker, I think, was the Iowa State Player of the Year. He's got a, he had a bunch of offers from a lot of other major programs, and he's trying to work him in. The kid can play. This isn't one of those, you know, Tubby Smith with Saul Smith on Kentucky, and he had no business being on the team. Tucker can really play. This guy can shoot the lights out. So maybe it's just a situation of early in the season trying to figure out how to, you know, involve Tucker into the offense. But uh, Drake, 13-5 and five right now. And, uh, you know, I, I think they're going to get Loyola Chicago at least one of these games upcoming. But had the chance to sit and listen to their head coach, Darian DeVries, yesterday. And he just talked about, you know, the level of competition in the MVC this year. It's really good. Tremendously coached league. Obviously, great players, too. I mean, it's what makes the Valley so so special. I think uh, you have that combination of great coaches and traditions and and, and players and um, it was, it's, it's kind of what you're seeing now in the league. It's like every night is, uh, you know, these, um, you know, two, three, four point games and they can go either way. It's, uh, I think it's why fans love this league so much. So there's your Drake Bulldogs head coach, Darian DeVries, DeVries, wherever, you know, you say tomato, I say tomato. This is my Canadian accent coming in again, but a lot of really good mid-major teams this year that you need to be aware of. Now, look, th this isn't a list of the best mid-majors. These are just some of the teams that I've watched over the past couple weeks that I really like. Go check out undraftedfreeagent.com. I wrote an article about Murray State the other day. Now, this is a team that is the number one team in the OVC right now, the Ohio Valley Conference. They're 15-2, but Murray State going to the MVC next year, so Loyola Chicago will leave, and then Murray State will come in, but... This is a damn good team. We're an article. You do not want to run into Murray State come March. These guys can play. They got men. I think Matt McMahon is doing an outstanding job for them this year. They're a legitimate team that could be considered an at-large team, even if they don't win the OVC. But the way it is right now, I think they're going to get the OVC title. The team that's going to get them if it is Moorhead State. That was a team that won it last year. Janai Broom. They got some guys. Uh, Belmont having a down year. I know everyone thought Belmont was going to be the favorite again this year. Grayson Murray, you know, Big Nick, they got they got guys. But, I mean, Murray State just waxed them the other night, 82-60. I think that was two nights ago. Um, my guy, sophomore Justice Hill, 36 points, a career high. Eight threes, another career high against Belmont. So, Belmont, I mean, as far as playing against other good mid-major teams, haven't had that good of a run this year. Belmont, I think a team dropping in the OVC. And, uh, you know, and that, by the way, Belmont, another team that's leaving the conference as well. So OVC is going to look a lot different next year, a lot different next year. But Murray State, man, they got wins over Memphis, a really good Chattanooga team who I believe has 14 wins themselves. Illinois State, pretty good team. And uh, their only losses right now to Auburn, who mentioned, you know, could be the number one team in the country, number two right now. And then a really good East Tennessee State. Uh, program. That's the only losses right now for Murray State, so watch out for them. Tevin Brown, my guy, if you haven't seen him, this guy is going to get a chance to play in the NBA. 18.4 points per game, leads Murray State, leads the OVC in points. The guy's elite. Just uh, I think it was yesterday, the day before, became the all-time three-point leader in Murray State history. Remember, this is a school that John Morant played for, a lot of other pretty good guys, and so Tevin Brown, dude can ball. Watch out for Murray State. You do not want to run into them come March. Another one of the mid-majors you don't want to run into come March. And I wrote an article this week on Undrafted Free Agent about the Iona Gales under Rick Pitino. So Iona, 14-3 and three right now. And we all knew when Pitino 
went to Iona, that it wasn't going to take them long to, you know, be the dominant team in the MAAC or the MAC. You know, there's two MACs right now, but the the Metro Atlantic. But um, they're just dominant right now. I cannot see a single team coming close to Iona. Uh, in their conference right now. So I believe right now they have the easiest path of any mid-major program into the NCAA tournament. Sienna lost a couple of their key guys. Uh, you know, was it the, the kid Pickett, Camper, you know, transferring out. One guy's gone pro, the other kid's gone to Penn State. And so Sienna down. I mean, I watched a little bit of St. Peter's the other day against Monmouth. Both those teams painfully average. Um, if St. Peter's might give them a game if they have their best game of the season. Other than that, there is nobody in the Metro Atlantic that can hang with them. Iona led by 24-year-old point guard Tyson Jolly. This guy transferred from SMU. I believe he's in his sixth year. He's averaging 14.9 points per game. He's an electric guard, really nice player. But, you know, you have a man running the offense for you, a 24-year-old guy going up against 18, 19-year-old kids against these other teams. It's such a huge difference, his experience. I mean, this is a guy that was 13 all AAAC 2019-20, while at SMU, an all-conference talent, now running the show for Rick Pitino. He's really good. He's mature. He's calm. He's got that it factor. They got Nelly Jr. Joseph, the big 6'9 forward. This is a kid. He's, well, technically a sophomore, but uh, the uh, Metro Atlantic Rookie of the Year last year. This guy's averaging 13.6 per game. So they got the guard. They got the guy, you know, down in the post who can create a lot of havoc if the shots aren't there. So... Nobody is beating Iona in the Metro Atlantic this year. Book their ticket to March Madness. And then when they get in, watch out for them. This is a team. I mean, they made it to March Madness last year, lost to Alabama, but then they beat the Crimson Tide this year. And Bama one of the best teams in college basketball. That's a team that could be an Elite Eight team. And here you got Iona running over them pretty comfortably earlier this year. But, um, you know, watch out for them. That's a really good team. Now, the other MAC, the Mid-American Conference, Ohio. This is, to me... Perhaps the most surprising team of any of the mid-majors, certainly in the MAC. You know, they lose Jason Preston to the NBA, playing with the LA Clippers. Um, so you lose your best player from a team that went to the NCAA tournament last year. Now, normally, when a mid-major team loses an NBA guy, there's going to be a drop-off. And here you got Ohio, 13-2. Uh, they play Miami, Ohio tonight, who I think is about 7-8, 8-7. Eight, 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 Ohio should run over them comfortably. Ohio's only two losses this year, one to Kentucky, the other to LSU, both, I mean, top 10 teams, two of the better teams in the country. I really like LSU. Watched them play uh, last week. That's a really good team, a lot better than previous years under Will Wade. And, of course, Kentucky's Kentucky. You know Cal's going to make them better progressively as they get towards March. But so Ohio's only two losses right now to some pretty good teams. They've won eight in a row. They'll make it nine tonight over a painfully average Miami-Ohio team. But, you know, from what I've seen so far, there isn't a better team in the Mid-American Conference than the Ohio Bobcats. Another team you really want to watch out for in Conference USA, Louisiana Tech. They're 15-3 right now. They're also going up. I believe UAB's got 15 wins, and these two teams are going to face later this week, January 22nd. So I think that will be the sway of who's the best team in Conference USA for now. But both those teams really good. UAB having a surprising year. But Louisiana Tech, if you haven't seen Kenneth Lofton Jr., this guy can play, man. Technically, I mean, he's a freshman second year because everyone gets a wash. But um, this guy's averaging 16.5 points per game, 10.5 rebounds per game. He's one of the best players in college basketball. If you haven't seen Kenneth Lofton Jr., I think he's going to get a shot 
to play in the NBA at some point. Some may say he's a little undersized because he's 6'7". You'd like to see a guy play in his position, maybe 6'9". But um, I just think he's so good. Uh, one of the best players maybe you haven't heard of. So if you haven't checked him out yet, you got to go watch Kenneth Lofton Jr. and the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. Really good team, 15-3. And I think they get by UAB this week. So watch out for that. A couple of the teams you want to be aware of, and like I said, this isn't a list of the best teams, best mid-major teams in college basketball. Just some of the teams I liked over the past couple of weeks and what I've watched. But, you know, of course, Mountain West Conference, I believe, well, last year, they were certainly the best mid-major conference in college basketball. Remains to be seen just yet. A little bit of a drop-off, lose a couple of guys. You know, Namias Keita on Utah State, got in the NBA, a couple of guys here and there. Uh, some of the teams like Nevada having a bit of a down year. They're not the team that I thought they were going to be this year, but... Watch out for them. Colorado State, 13-1. They were ranked earlier two or three weeks ago. And then I watched San Diego State beat them. San Diego State, 10-3 right now. So both those teams equally as good. Wyoming. Watch Wyoming beat Nevada last night, 13-2. It's not a bad team. So keep an eye on that. Uh, UNLV, watch them last night run over San Jose State. Again, 9-7. I think the win makes them 10-7. You know, I, I wish UNLV would become UNLV again. But alas painfully average to watch but those are just some of the mid-major teams I think you should uh, keep an eye on a lot more teams to be aware of I'll touch on in future podcasts right now but one of my favorite segments here the mid-major under the radar player watch so the first guy we're going to start with if you have not seen Western Kentucky play this year seven foot five Jamarion Sharp so wrote an article on undraftedfreeagent.com earlier this week no Charles Bassey no problem for Western Kentucky Bassey one of the best players in all of college basketball last season. 6'11 guy, dominant forward. I believe he he was certainly in the top three or four in rebounds. And oh my guy, Fardoz Amick, the Canadian out of Utah Valley, led the nation in rebounds. But Charles Bassey in that mix, block shots, points. I think Charles Bassey is a much better offensive player than what Jamarion Sharp is. But defensively, you could argue Sharp's a much better player. Number one in the country right now in blocks, 4.6 blocks per game. Number three in field goal percentage. At just over 72%. I mean, he's a beast. So this is a kid that was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. Rick Stansberry initially offered Sharp as a junior in high school when he went to go watch him. Uh, didn't qualify academically. So he went to JUCO, went to John A. Logan, which is one of the better JUCO programs anywhere in the United States. And uh, a lot of other teams jumped in the mix. I believe Oregon... Uh, I know Cincinnati, another pretty big, I forget who it was, but he had some pretty big offers, but decided to stick with Western Kentucky. And now you lose Charles Bassey, in comes Jamarion Sharp. He's a really nice player. I don't know if he's an NBA guy yet. Uh, we talked about Chet Holmgren maybe putting on a few pounds. I think Jamarion's got to do that. 7'5". He's got to get a little thicker. I mean, you go look at Bassey, he's all dude, man. He's you know, getting a little bit of minutes with the Philadelphia 76ers, working his way in. But Sharp's got to put some meat on, but the dude can play. And if you haven't seen him, he's electric. Uh, one of my favorite games I watched this year, Western Kentucky, who are now 10-6, beat Louisville early this year. So it's a good team. They're certainly going to be in the mix in Conference USA as well. So watch out for them. And if you haven't seen Jamari on Sharp, you got to. The other guy you got to watch, he hasn't been playing for the past couple weeks, dealing with a bit of an ankle injury, but Patrick Baldwin Jr., for those unfamiliar, Baldwin Jr. at Milwaukee, the head coach of Milwaukee, Patrick Baldwin Sr. As you wonder, so how does Milwaukee get a five-star guy? This guy is a legit five-star player, had offers from Duke, Kentucky, a long list of the Blue Bloods, you name it. They wanted Patrick Baldwin Jr. Uh, if you haven't seen him, 6'9 forward, but 
I mean, my best player comparison is Klay Thompson. He kind of looks physically like Klay Thompson. He can certainly shoot not far off what Klay is. Obviously, he's not there yet. I don't want to pump the kids' tires too much. But as far as elite shooters in college basketball, Patrick Baldwin is it. I mentioned hasn't played a game since January 5th. There's been some talk of shutting him down altogether because this guy's going to be a lottery pick at worst. I, I can't see him leaving the top 10 in the NBA draft coming up. He's that good of a player. But, um, you know, his dad's the head coach. He went there to play for his dad. I just saw an article before I recorded this. His dad's saying, no, I'm not shutting him down. He's day-to-day. -day. He's got a left ankle injury. He's going to play again. And so, uh, I mean, I've tuned into Milwaukee a couple times on ESPN. I thought, oh, cool, I'm going to watch Pat Baldwin. And then we see he's, you know, sitting on the bench in, in uh, you know, track pants and, 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 you know, a hoodie. So a little bit disappointing. So hopefully at some point within the next week or two, but make it a mission to watch this guy play. He's just, man, he's out of this world. He's really good. And you can see, yeah, that's that's a five-star player right there. So Pat Baldwin Jr., Milwaukee Panthers, check him out. The last guy now, not necessarily under the radar, but this is a dude that I've watched this year a couple times, and my God, can this guy play? So Liberty, Darius McGee. I mean, he's five foot nine. He was the Atlantic Sun Player of the Year last year. First team all-conference, uh, tournament MVP in the A-Sun. Guy averaged 15 points. 15.5 points per game last year, easy for me to say, but really nice player. So I watched him a couple weeks ago against Stanford, 41 points against Stanford. Stanford's a pretty good team. Now he's 5'9", but he's just like buzzing around, gets everyone in his team involved. I think he's one of the best players in college basketball. He's averaging 22.8 points per game right now, which I believe is number four in the NCAA. I mean, he's up there with Antoine Davis, uh, the kid from Iowa. Um... Max A. Smith from Oral Roberts, again, they're all kind of just ahead of him in scoring. So this guy can fill it up. Uh, two nights ago, 48 points, which is a Liberty uh, school record, and I'm assuming it's a Darius McGee uh, personal best. 48 points against a pretty decent Florida Gulf Coast team the other day uh, in, in a pretty good win. So if you have yet to see Darius McGee, you got to go check him out. He's leading the nation in three points made right now and total points. This guy's an unbelievable baller. Little guy, will he get a shot in the league? I don't know. He's 5'9", but certainly uh, it's going to get opportunities via the G League and, and go from there. But this dude can play. Darius McGee, Liberty, go check him out. So, of course, thanks for listening. I'm trying to rev up the podcast. I'll give you the short of it. Got hired mentioned by a major newspaper here in Canada. Went to go work for them for a couple weeks. Decided it wasn't the right thing for me, but I, I dove in. Put this podcast aside, a lot of the other stuff I was doing, put it aside, some of the basketball commentating, but um, back to it. This is what I love. I'm happy to be here. Of course, drop me a line on Twitter, at Mr. McKee. Check out the undraftedfreeagent.com socials. We're building the Instagram, undrafted underscore FA, as well as the Twitter. Please drop us a follow. Tell your friends about us and uh, more podcasts to come. I'm Chris McKee. Thanks for listening. The undraftedfreeagent.com mid-major podcast with your host, Chris McKee. There's Samuel with the steal. Get your phones out. Tyree Samuel posterizes Alex Nawaga. Come on now. Lugans. Dort. Oh my. Brzdikas with another steal. Spots up for three this time and drains it. Ignis Brzdikas. Electric first step. Blows by everyone. Kobe Elvis. He's got them all shook up. Keyshawn for three. And there it is. Keyshawn Bartholomew. You don't want to let him heat up. All day, Kyler Filowich. Can't stop him. Moncrief sneaks in the back door, hammers it down. Matthew Alexander Moncrief. Ooh.